Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. Do I have spring roll in my teeth? <laughs> you do not. Your, <laughs> your teeth look lovely. Perfect. They look very lovely. And we have a super fun guest tonight that we both love, Tom Miazga. Tom, how are you? I am well, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited to get your name right for once. That was good. You nailed That's it. Right. And yeah, I'm just like, you just got to, you just got to run with it and just commit to it. Can we talk about your brand and everything that makes up your brand? Oh because you are a recent champion. Yes. And not even your first time, good sir. No. Can you give us a little bit of your CrossFit Games pedigree, please? I would love to. The Adapted Division was introduced into the CrossFit scheme back in 2021 with the inclusion of the leaderboard and the open series. And at that point, the adaptive divisions for five of the eight divisions were crowned fittest on earth that year. 2022, we had a open and semifinals process. The same five divisions that were crowned fittest on earth during the open in 21 were crowned the fittest on earth during the semis in 2022. And then this year we reverted back a little bit, which I'm sure we can talk about, but to just be open for those five divisions again, while the other three continued on to Madison. But we crowned the fittest on earth in the open this year. And I am proud to say that I am now three for three, three time fittest demand with hip function on earth. Three for so. three. Three for three. Easy fittest freaking <laughs> man on <laughs> earth. Holy moly. Yeah. Tom, that's a crazy title. It's exciting. It's very cool. I think for me, it's, it's not even something that I want to focus on because I have, I think coming from my swimming background and having trained so hard for so long ever i come to some sort of a competition like this it's about how well have i trained right and how well have i put in the effort to get to this point which could all like ultimately bring the success i'm looking for so yeah it's very humbling to know that for three years in a row like i've i've worked hard and i've worked the way i needed to in order to be the best which is awesome so i always joke that tom is the only actual athlete at the crossfit games <laughs> because he's a real life olympian which yes. we have to talk about for yes. a second because john and i have this terrible track record of having olympians on the show and not talking about it oh no remember when yes, we did we that john oh my god oh my god so oh gosh who, i'm curious who was it it was the it was mo who's one of the guys who started high rocks and we had oh, him yeah. on the show to talk all about high rocks and how cool it is and how he started it and he talked <laughs> about his background just like doing sports quote unquote yeah. and then like not really having that kind of outlet and wanting to do some right. more stuff and then we were like what kind of sports did mo do and we did up later and we were uh, like oh he like truly yeah. went to the olympics on a team yeah, yeah it was Holy not shit. they didn't just go to the olympics i was googling him to put together our show notes and it quite literally said he's the greatest field hobby champ field hockey champion in the history of germany that's what it said <laughs> oh, like i mean it wasn't like it was just like a subtle he was he went to the yeah. Olympics once. Like he was a two-time gold medal winner, greatest person they'd ever had played. I'm like, oh my god, we're such idiots. Basically, yeah. what happens when we Google you too, Tom? Stop greatest, it. pretty much. In, in Mo's defense, he probably would be. This is a very similar way to be like, yeah, I had a, I had a background in swimming. Like he would kind of right. brush it off, right? I mean, he it's, did straight yeah, up. It's, it's a humble brag. It's exciting, but mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I think we all come to a point where it's like it's not the defining moment of our life, though it was very cool, right? It was. Yeah, we kind of like like to move on and know that we're more than that sometimes. But yeah, a Paralympic swimmer, 2008, Beijing, China. So I'm the 100 back and the 400 meter freestyle over there. So quite the experience. I was a ripe 17 years old. I was going to my senior year of high school. So 
Wow. It was all very young and very new. I never intended as we never intended my coach and I to make Beijing. We were thinking like, oh, let's go to trials. Let's have an experience. Let's learn from it. And then in 21 or 20, excuse me, 2012, when you're a junior in college and you've had some collegiate experience and you're older and bigger and faster, like then we'll go and uh, oh, surprise ourselves and made it in 2008. And everything beyond that was just icing on the cake. So it was quite the trip. So crazy. Yeah. Damn, you were like awesome. a child putting in an insane high yeah. pressure professional <laughs> sporting situation. Right? Holy shit. But ironically, we actually had like, I think there were there were 38 members of our team. We had 20 men and 18 women. I think like six or seven of us were in high school still. We were a young squad. So Weird. yeah. They we we literally took the chaperone idea to a whole new level. Crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't even imagine. And we always talk about, even in CrossFit, we talk about how like, oh my God, when you're 35, you're old, right? Like it's yeah. definitely, definitely professional sports favor the young with just recovery right. and with your capabilities and with the time and, and things you have going on in your life. And a lot of us don't have kids or jobs or anything really that young. So the yeah. definitely sport definitely favors the young, but it is bananas how young and how good you have to be at that young, young age to really even make an accomplishment like the CrossFit Games or oh, sure. really yeah. the Olympics, really. Yeah, you it's interesting. You know, stop. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you just correlate it to Kerstetter or even Emma yeah. Lawson right now or Jack Farlow for all, for all things Truly. considered, right? I yeah. mean, it's like they've done a really good job, those three in specific too, of balancing life really well with their training. But they're also the people that are going to make the extra sacrifices for what they're trying to achieve in order to get what they want. I think I kind of would say the same thing happened. I, I went to school. I did my thing. I was involved in other clubs like student council. I was in extracurricular like choirs and stuff that we would have to go and sing around town. And I had to miss a practice or two. But any moment like that I could train, like I didn't go to my homecoming dances. I didn't go to proms. I didn't stay out late and hang out after football games. So I'm like, I have practice Saturday morning. Like those are the little commitments that like, I think the drive separates those from who are really wanting to be good versus those that are like demand to be great. Right. Totally. So yeah, I think that, that swimming really gave me that potential that I didn't know I had. Cause I think it was between feeling so free in the water where my cerebral palsy wasn't as much of a factor as it was on dry land because the weightlessness of the water made my legs slow a little bit easier. And with a large upper body, like I could really pull myself through and do some damage. So it was just like, that was motivating in itself. But then as I started to see progress in just times and standards and cuts achieved and qualifying for certain meets, like that's where it was like that internal drive just continued to grow and grow. And it was just like, let's just see how far we can take this. So, and that's neat to see. I think a lot of our CrossFit athletes kind of starting to build into that, but not to an hyperdrive situation. Like, I think it's really neat to see Emma Lawson, like a week or two before the CrossFit Games, talking about going to get her homecoming dress. And it's like, she just finished, she's the second fittest woman on earth, right? And it's just, it's crazy to see how well she's balanced those two things. And I think that really spells a promising future for her. So for sure. Yeah. Tom, how did you make the switch? Like, how did you find CrossFit? And you were like, this pool i know well, right really because i know you're still very involved in swimming and we'll get yes. into that but yeah. how did you end up making that switch so very long story short i like i said we had talked about 2012 being the games where like i'd make my debut hopefully we can get myself on the map and figure things out i inadvertently ended up qualifying for 08 
and missing London in 12 by a hundredth of a second. And I had no plan B. Yeah, I was at St. Louis University in the fall of 2011. I left school and came home and kind of per se turned pro and had some sponsorship help to keep me afloat, pun intended, and just trained Mm -hmm. all the time, right? And put every egg in that basket. And when I did not qualify, um, there was like no other plan. Like I had to go back to school. I was in a physical therapy program at SLU. And basically when I left in the fall, I was able to finish that semester. And then I was just going to take an entire year and pick it up in the spring of 2013. Same class schedule that I'd have to take, but just a year later than intended. So when I didn't make it, I had the opportunity to go back to school in the fall. But if I did that, I would have breached my leave of absence contract, which would have taken away my scholarship that I had. And so it was like kind of this ultimatum of like, what do I do for these three, four months and try and figure out life? And that's when I got involved in swim coaching. And so I got on the other side of the pool and kind of started to realize that I had passion for helping others find the goals that I couldn't personally achieve, right? Or maybe couldn't get all the way to. And so in coaching, I kind of was reinvigorated getting the water a little bit again. And so I was, I ended up transferring to Marquette up here in Milwaukee. I got an elementary education degree because it was a field of, it was, it was a field that allowed me to go teach in the day and then go coach after school and get all tangents of my life into one, one daily schedule, which was exciting for me. And so my, by 2015, I had been in the water regularly. I was fully set on team redemption here like 16 is going to be the comeback like I'm going to prove 12 was a fluke that eight wasn't a fluke and in the end of 2015 I was getting ready to go to my student teaching semester and finish up my teaching degree as well and so then as 2016 rolled around I basically had to go and student teach until the end of January when the kids the school that I was at semester ended like I had to see that through rather than my own college semester so I was there a little bit longer than most college kids and then Something just kind of came over me at one of my swim meets. I was at nationals in the beginning of the year in Bismarck, North Dakota. Wonderful time around the winter years. And I literally woke up on the third day of the meet, the last day of the meet, and like just had the craziest epiphany of like, this is it. I'm done. Like, this has been a good, this has been a good run. Like, I've never felt that like satisfied or like completely content with anything in swimming at that moment ever. And like, I remember texting my mom, like, Hey guys, just want to let you know, like, this is gonna be the last one. They're like, yeah, last day. Woo, good luck. Okay. I'm like, no, this is like the last one. And they're like, what? And I'm like, who's going to hire a first year teacher in 2016 that needs to go to the Paralympics and miss the first month of the school year. Right. I wasn't ready to go and sub for a whole nother year and just kind of like twiddle my thumbs through the next calendar year, feeling like I could have, I had these what ifs or should have, should have, could have, would have. But, um, so I ended up leaving swimming right at that meet. I went to that national meet and said, you know what? I had a great career. This was fantastic. I love it, but it's time for me to move on and develop a professional life in my, for myself and know that I can support myself and maybe a future, future partner and some kids and have a house and do it all. So, um, I ended up just not doing anything for like five, six months. And as I was getting ready for my first classroom that fall, I was teaching fourth grade reading and writing and like, didn't think it'd be that much to get around, but you know, you depends on how you set up your desks and you know, how many kids you got and how big the room is. And I found that I had to walk a lot more in my room than my chair was going than I thought originally. I thought I could use my chair a lot more, get around quicker. 
And even in the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh boy, I got to do something. Like it was something to go from training like 12, 13 times a week in the water to literally nothing. Like, yeah. like yeah. 100 to zero was a bad choice, right? You um, can't, you can't no. take that athlete out of a man. Right? You really can't. Like, yeah. Away. And so I just started to, I, I just found that I needed to get some mobility going again. And that's where the water was such a, a, a treat for me because it wasn't that I was actively using them, but just the engagement of the core and just the flow and the body roll just really helped the, the tendons and the muscles stay loose and, and active. And so when I was sitting a lot more and just not working out, like I just felt myself atrophy a lot where it's like ugh, totally. I'm stiff and it's achy and I get not getting around as easy and it's more laborious. And so I literally just went to our local affiliate and had a neighboring physical therapy and like they call it muscle and movement team. So it's like a massage therapist, chiropractic, physical therapy clinic right next to the gym that we have our, our first affiliate here. And I just went to them first, just to kind of get some baseline, like, hey, let's let's go the PT route first. I'm used to that. I've been through that my whole entire life. Like, I just got to get moving again. And as we started progressing very quickly, they're like, all right, well, we're going to send you across the other side of the wall and you're going to go start doing this with an L1 trainer. I'm like, cool. All right. And oh we started God, doing the epic. same stuff. Yeah. And then before I knew it, they're like, hey, do you like pull-ups? I'm like, yes, <laughs> I <Yes>. do. <laughs> and... Uh, I think one of the first workouts I ever did was, oh gosh, it was a benchmark. What is it? Is it? It's a 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. It's not Annie, but it's, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally breaking. Dips. No. It's like squats, dips, pull-ups, push-ups something like that but I, I did a benchmark workout and there was like that's really fast and i'm like yeah it was i felt good i liked it and i'm like can i do yeah. it again and they're like barbara i think it's barbara oh i was gonna say oh, or, is yeah. it An or is it angie is angie the one with hundreds oh no that's the hundreds that's the hundreds, that's hundreds. Yeah, i don't think it was barbara but Barbara's i did that rough. and i was just like they're like this is like that's impressive and this then yeah and so then before <laughs> i do it i just went full swing into crossfit and then by yeah late 2016 the rest just kind of just started to fall into it. I was like, I'm like, this is the same feeling I had in the pool of like, yeah. oh my God, I can be competitive. And like, I'm sore the next day. And that's like, I know it's kind of sadistic, but like, that's a reward. Like I worked harder really? than I thought my body could. And I pushed limits and I learned more about myself. And it was just fun to know that I was also giving myself that daily functional independence that I was looking for, right? So that functional fitness really helped me with my independence, my ease of getting around, my just daily life felt stronger and i would think that was the most like, intoxicating thing was like i felt strong i never felt strong with swimming like i felt like i was good at swimming and i could hold my breath for a while but like you feel yourself getting healthy when you're doing crossfit and i remember that feeling and just like honing into that so hard and having a paralympic swimming background i ended up just like googling i'm like is there like wheelchairs is there crossfit for people in wheelchairs right and inadvertently found the wheel water organization and who've been like the front runners and everything adaptive CrossFit and did the CrossFit open in 2017 with them. Ended up winning it. And the rest is history. Been competing with Wheelwad ever since 2017 and just kind of, here we go. Wait, so rewind. What was your first year of CrossFit? 26, like August, 2016. Like 2016, <laughs> yeah. the CrossFit. Yeah. 2017, you won. 
already. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of natural talent here. I'm just throwing yeah, right? it. Right, I know. There. Well, it's <laughs> it's, cool. it's yeah, it's been very humbling. It's been very cool, and I think what's really neat is even after what are we now seven years into it, like I only feel my passion growing for it. Like there's mm -hmm. no no trepidations about it. Like even when I'm sore, I'm like I'm trying to find a way to get to the gym and just keep moving and. I think it's so cool. Like there's been moments even for myself, like to be able to root it into why I joined in the first place. Right. I know the competitive side of things and the, the Instagram followings and all the, the glitz and grammar. You're like, oh my God, he's handstand walking. Right. Like I remember vividly two or three years into it where I, I have my, my laundry's downstairs in my house here. And I always had to grab onto like, I used to have like a burlap sack basically to carry my clothes upstairs and I would have to use both railings and inadvertently like a couple of years ago, I found myself carrying a laundry basket with two hands up the stairs, not even using the railings. And I was like, holy crap, CrossFit. Like, this is yeah. awesome. Like, huh. it's so cool to have those little moments and say like, that means a lot. I'm pumped to think that 32 year old Tom is on a trajectory that he's going to be 42 year old Tom and still walking around and can maybe pick up his little ones and carry him on his, carry him on his lap while he's wheeling or even walk him around the house while they're on their shoulder. And like, CrossFit has brought that for me. I don't think somebody could ever do that. So it's like, it's just so cool to feel that daily functional fitness, which as fun as CrossFit can be, like, that's really what matters. And it's, well, it's so cool to be able to promote. You do some pretty superhuman things, dude. Like, <laughs> I, know. Uh -huh. I, I think before I even knew you, someone sent me the video. It was the one where you were doing the consecutive muscle-ups. Okay. That you did like 11 or 12 in a row or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the wheel log games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like in the video, Nikki, I'll describe it to you. Like he gets out of the chair and grabs the rings and does like 11. And so like I'm watching. I don't know Tom at the time. I'm watching. And I'm like, oh, this is inspiring. And after about the fifth one, I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, it's like oh, he is man. too fit. And he was yeah. just killing them. And then I shared it and I, it got like a bazillion. Yeah, it was bazillion awesome. likes. Like people just love this thing. And I it, remember that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, you yeah. can do an and insane number John of muscle me, And he yeah. was like, this guy is so fit and so handsome. And it is so not fair. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you got to get out of here. You, you got all the tools, man. You got the voice. Yeah. That's why you're doing media now. Like, got your experience in CrossFit has not been my experience in CrossFit, <laughs> for the record. It's, it's, yeah. It has not been most. And so I am yeah. very humble and very honored to be where I am. That's much as, as much I know. So This year, having you on the media team for the second year, second but in expanded role yeah. as our ESPN <laughs> Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. Can we talk about it? First of all, I think it's pretty obvious Tom's like one of my favorite people on the planet. I Forever thankful to CrossFit, the media team, for bringing yes. us together because I love it with all of my soul. And I will, I will stand or sit, whatever I do behind you on your current PSL debacle. So thank you. We can get those pumpkin sized lattes tomorrow. That's just it, fine by me. Can we please? I've had like a great, <laughs> a great debate on my Instagram today. Hold on sidebar. I, I, I laughed the whole time. I'm like, I know where she's going from. This is so important. So Duncan came out with their pumpkin, which by the way is oh. like far inferior. To Wait, already? This. Yeah, it's, it's already out. It's already, just let it happen. It's like, it's when is the date today? It's the 16th of August. It's out. It's out. All I'm right, really right. waiting That's for fine. Starbucks, but Duncan is out. Okay. And so I That's was fine. like, bring on the pumpkin. And I had this great debate on my Instagram where people were like, shut up. It's August. It's not fall. Whatever. I get that. I get that it's not fall. All I'm saying is I would drink a pumpkin spice latte on the beach in 90 degree weather, <laughs> an iced one. I just yeah. think it is the superior flavor and should be available year round. And as soon as it is out, I will drink it. 
And I love that it is still summer. I love fall, but like I am not rushing the end of summer by any means. I'm just saying bring on the pumpkin spice. Do you know I've never had a flavored latte? Never. I just I get I love and I love the crazy thing is I love lattes. Whole milk. They're just delicious. Whole, whole milk lattes are great. Especially if it's wow. really good milk. As a matter of fact, when we were in Madison, and I'm jealous of, now that I know you're in Milwaukee, because I'm sure it's the same experience for you, Tom. In Milwaukee, in Madison, we lost him. Oh, we crap. lost him. I know. That's He'll okay. Be He'll be back. back. He'll be back. Anyway, in Madison, the milk is so good that the lattes are spectacular. I bet. Oh, my God. It was they so just good. keep the cows out back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, I'm going to send you, I'm just going to e-gift you a Starbucks gift card so that you can go get yourself a pumpkin cream cold brew. I pray they come back this year. All right. First of all, we have, I have a little mom and pop coffee shop right next to my affiliate. That's amazing. Great. And then, love that. And then we have another little mom and pop coffee shop that roasts right here, like in right around Perfect. the corner, right down in the village. So I'm not doing Starbucks, but I'll. I'll go try a flavor just for you. They do I'm like the. I'm sure they'll have pumpkin. I'm Megan sure. always gets this uh, lavender, lavender yeah. lattes. Usually, with when you get good mom and pop shops, they'll oftentimes make their own delicious syrups, and that's when I find that they have like lavender or like clover honey or like those types of flavors. So I wouldn't be surprised if your local spots were making their own. Flavor All right. Situations. Well, maybe maybe everyone listening can just send me suggestions for what I should. What's the whatever the manliest latte you can have is because it's not pumpkin spice. Like, who say that. cares? Matt I, loves a PSL. I don't like pumpkin. That's my problem. I I, I know I'm blowing your mind right now. I've, I've never liked pumpkin. It's just not my thing. I've never, I've never liked it. My God, I just don't understand. My brain can't wrap itself around what's happened. I know. Let me send him a message real quick. Yeah. See where he is. We'll figure it out. Oh, here he is. Oh, perfect. I have no idea. It just like completely vanished. I couldn't even like find it on my modem. So sorry about that. No, no worries. We were just bitching about pumpkin spice together. So you're all good. I have this new editing software, Tom. It makes editing this stuff so much easier. So I don't even worry about it anymore. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Tom, where do you stand on the great pumpkin debate? That's the question. Yeah. Do you like pumpkins or not? I... Yes, I do. I do like yes. it, but I, I can knew only have. Me I won't let you down, but I can only have it in moderation. If I have it too often, I'm like over it really fast. Like when okay. songs get played on the radio too much, it's the same thing. It's like uh, maybe like a once or twice a month. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. I like I the smell of it. Out on, I can't get burnt out on it because I'm so chuggy. I just can't. Uh, yeah. That's okay. I can't. You know what? Chuggy. Chuggy. The hell is chuggy? Uh, is how would you guys describe chuggy? Is this like some? Is this a different language or just a made up word? It's like a real. Well, it's like a made up word that is now like a real societal word. Okay, it's like the word that best describes like millennial cringe. Yeah, it's like you think you're bougie, right? You got it all put together, but it's everyone's kind of like chuggy. Okay, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah. use this in a sentence with my girls and see if there you go. It's a real thing. It's like if you wore Uggs in college, you're probably chuggy now. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. You get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm full chug. I've you're, embraced it. Yes, you are. A you're full the, you're the best of them, though, in all oh, the right ways. I yes. appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, that was a really hard left turn down Pumpkin Spice Lane. Yes. Let's yes. roll on back to 
your second year now with us yes. on the media team mm -hmm. on the other side of the competition floor commentating yeah. on all the things and like how how did it go how do you like that role i loved it i absolutely love it i really enjoy it last year even just to like be a part of it was so like numbing because i remember i remember showing up day one last year and i rolled up to the production trailer and i opened a door they're like yeah come on in and then i open another door and it's sean and chase sitting right there testing mics like hey man put this on and it's like all right cool and i'm like just being told what to do i hear 800 voices in my ear at once I'm like, what is happening like i'm like where are all these people coming from and they're just sitting there like naturals and i'm just kind of like sheepishly like hey, guys what do i do like hell and just kind of got thrusted into it. Like I remember yeah. the first, the first, I'm going to call it test. I know last year we were events test. They had all the adaptive divisions running together, and it was like, okay, tell us about adaptive, uh, adaptive CrossFit. Ready, go. And I'm like, there's so many, there's so many different disabilities out there right now, and who's competing, and why are they here versus somebody else? And there's just so much to talk about, and. I had a buffer word of absolutely. Like every time my co-anchor oh, yes. would say something, I would say, yeah, absolutely. It's like my like quick, like I need a second to get about what I'm going to say. And it was kind of funny how prevalent that was when I like watch back just from my own feedback to know what I need to do and better. But it was crazy how like by when that started Thursday last year to Sunday, like how much more comfortable I felt and how like it was very easy to have a conversation about things rather than feeling like you're reporting and talking and very formal about things so just to cover the adaptive division and be that voice of education and reason for everybody was really really cool it was a really neat opportunity and the, the crew at hamilton road productions has been awesome and wonderful for me we did a social media bit where we equated to like a sports center top 10 vibe where we i was the adaptive correspondent and just sent in a 30 second clip once a week every other week just highlight something that's going on in the adaptive division. And that was a really nice way to blend into the, the commentating role and feel like, well, it was easy to talk about athletes leading up to the games. And so I got to the games and I knew exactly who I was talking about and some historical things that they've done. And so then this year, when they bring me back and we have our first pre-production meetings, they're like, yeah, we're going to have Tom, Tom and Jason Kalipa, which already I'm like, whoa, that's cool. And then cover the age group and adaptive final. And then stick around for the rest of the week with the individual i guess i'll call them able-bodied elite athletes i was just like i guess i must have done all right last year because uh, like the fact from just doing well, adaptive to now like literally interviewing emma lawson and chandler smith and jeff adler and laura horbath i was just like what is happening it was such a such, such an experience this year to actually be down in the athlete warm area following athletes all week getting to talk with them getting to talk with their coaches getting that inside intel and then let alone holding a mic that had an ESPN logo on it. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like every eight-year-old boy's like childhood dream right there. Totally. Like, yep. I'm on ESPN. Like, it's just so hard to comprehend. And like, even walking around and being like, hey, I'm Tom from ESPN. I'm like, a sentence that'll never make sense to me in my mind. You know? <laughs> like, really awesome. cool. It was really, really fun. And I love it. I don't know what the future holds for the seated athletes competing at the games. But, you know, it, it might, if, if I, if. But seated athletes do get a chance to be on the floor next year. And I'm asked back to broadcast. Like, 
I'm hoping I can pull that Stacey Tovar vibe and like, I bet you and could. then join. I bet but you I'm could. also like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's going to be a really hard decision if I can't. So yeah, both I bet awesome. you could. I don't think yeah. you have to sweat making that call. Yeah. They no, will totally accommodate you. How yeah. could they not? It is so much better for them to have you up in the booth being like, I was just down there. Yeah. Like right. 24 hours ago, that was me. And so I can tell you exactly what's going on with those athletes. Yeah. And I do really appreciate that they brought me in as an adaptive athlete has experience to talk about adaptive CrossFit too. I think it's not to say that anybody in the past hasn't done a good job, but I definitely know that like there's some discomfort with talking about certain things or saying, saying certain phrases that maybe somebody that hasn't been in the realm would know how to react to or how to put into good context. So, you know, I'm not throwing around derogatory terms here by any means, but <laughs> call somebody disabled like is like, that's no problem, right? It's something that's very, very prevalent in that individual's life. So like, let's not, let's not shy away from it, right? I'm not afraid yeah. to talk about that stuff. So I think that's a great point. And I can even say from like personal experience, I think people just really don't want to get it wrong, right? right? And so yeah. like, you really, you really don't want to offend anyone. You're really just out there trying to like talk about athletes and what they're doing. And sometimes you're right. The words we use yeah. are loaded Mm -hmm. Or you worry that certain people feel differently about them. I'm like, do 80% of people, are 80% of people cool with being called disabled, but 20% aren't? And now I'm just going to piss off this 20. Like, okay, I don't, right. I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the community to like understand what is commonly acceptable and what isn't. Sure. And then you yeah. just like, you want to do such a good job. You're afraid of stepping on toes and totally fucking up that you probably sound really uncomfortable when you're talking because right. you are, because you're like, like literally walking on eggshells. Walking on eggshells. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And so it's, I think, Everyone, it's good that we're doing it and we should do it more. And we can talk a little bit too, because I'd love your perspective on the just sort of like unfortunate lack of coverage that we've had, but we should be doing it more and we should all get more comfortable yeah. with being able to speak about it confidently because yeah. the, the bigger it gets and the more prevalent it gets, the more we should really like, everyone should be brought into the fold on how to best commentate on that type of. Uh, we, yeah. we had Ogar on here once and I, I'm convinced to this day, he kept saying words that were offensive just to make us <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. The entire time. And at some point I asked him, I'm like, are we allowed to say that word? I don't even remember what the <laughs> word was now, but I'm like, are it's we probably say that? Like, I, I think that was the word that some people are like, yeah. okay, I, I, to me, I'm like, whatever, fine. And then some people it's like really offensive. Now, right. a random stranger calls me cripple. Like, I'm not going to take that too well. But like Kevin talking about being a cripple, like that's different. That's just Kevin. Right. Kevin. <laughs> it's like yeah. if you called me your bitch versus someone else told me that right. I was a bitch. I was like, listen. Yeah, right. Listen. <laughs> that. And then I'm also like, can I say it? Or is that just your word? Right. Mm -hmm. Also right. a question. But yeah. See, it would have been really funny, though, if you got on the broadcast and just said all the offensive words, but acted like they <laughs> right. weren't. And Run, just to make it out of the way right now. Yeah. For, for oh Kalipo. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Speaking of, Kalipa said you carried him, by the way. He said, yeah, you he he said he was so nervous and you were giving him all the tips. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know the, the adaptive divisions, especially when we're throwing two divisions out on the floor at the same time, like that can be a lot to try and digest. And we have a, we had a six minute workout that was taking some people literally, thanks a lot, Casey Acree, a minute and 40 seconds. Like we had right. no time to talk about anything. Like, yeah. God, like, I mean, what do you do with that? So it was, yeah, it was cool that we had that opportunity to work together. And it was really neat to see how invested Khalifa was in the adaptive divisions. We had so many conversations off camera about just what goes into it and why are there groups here that are in there are certain divisions that are not here? And why are these people competing in the way that they are? And why are they doing this with the barbell versus 
it was just really cool how invested he was in it. It was just neat for him. And I got to work alongside Adrian Conway as well. He was mm-hmm. where I did most of the female interviews following tests. He did most of the male interviews. And so it was really cool just for us to get to know each other really well. And he, same tape, really invested and interested in what the adaptive athletes were doing and equally as impressed by them. And it was just, it was really cool to be with such prominent names in our sphere and have them so intrigued about something that I feel so passionate about. Like that was really a really, really cool moment that I won't forget for a while. So yeah, both of those dudes are so genuine. Oh, I know. They're so awesome. And they're just like, man, they're intelligent and they're intelligent about our sport. And yeah, yeah, so passionate. Right. You guys were the perfect team to do that work. It was fun. It was so fun. Yeah. And, and then reporting this year and kind of having to just like, what was very interesting about not like compared to commentating when I was like doing interviews or doing on field or on side reports and talking like, oh, I talked with Emily Rolfe's coach, Kyle Rolfe. And like, you're so focused on what you're going to say next that you forget what you're saying in the moment. And then all of a sudden it's like in a fugue of like, where am I going? Where is Uh this? And I'm like, there is a camera that says ESPN on it right now. And I can't look at anything else. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. But you know, as we had some great help. Her name was Eliza, who was kind of like our manager per se, and kind of our, our field liaison for who are we talking to and do they like the cut that we made and our, our, and she was just awesome and kind of gave us really good feedback about how to work through things. And the same thing as last year, I was like Thursday, I felt a little nervous, a little antsy to get going. And by Sunday, it was just like having a conversation, having a good time and talking about something I really enjoy. So I love to see it keep going. I I would love to to keep doing it. I really enjoy it. It's been a really fun fun gig, and I don't know. I'd love love to see if I could branch outside of the CrossFit sphere with it and see what else is out there. So I know yeah. we know we talked to all our producers who are working with the big wigs, and they say mm-hmm. if you want a job out there, it's there. So just gotta go find yeah. it. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I like you're truly Tom. You're like made for it. Like the very wow. first time I heard your commentary last year, I was like, oh, this dude is like surely has a background in this like just sounds so (laughs) so natural so normal and i just feel like i feel like you could commentate over any sport that you get to know Uh, able-bodied non-able-bodied like it doesn't it does not matter i don't think you need to be in any sort of very specific role i think you could truly roll with the broadcasting stuff as long as it doesn't mess with like the pool stuff and the teaching stuff and the charity stuff that you're doing we can talk about that too i feel like you're kind of busy these days it's all right it's good it's it that'd be a a fun little side hustle for sure totally it it feels like nikki's making a pitch to have you replace me i'm just saying that's what it sounds like that's what it sounds like (laughs) dude right yeah come on you can finish my head just yet i had those so many days are over so come uh come diminish this brand with nikki it'll be great you guys are kill it (laughs) Yes. Yes. Redeeming. We'll be scum by the end of the week. I'm ready. Truly, truly. Exactly. Um, so let's just, just real quick, because I would love to just hear your opinion on it. And John and I have talked yep. about this a few times already on the show. And we're both just kind of like, just in general, like understand budget constraints from CrossFit caused a lot of misses in the broadcast. And it just sort of like is what it is from a business standpoint. We understand where they're coming from, but we would just love to see more better coverage. of masters and also of the adaptive division so you've been on both sides of the coin you've been a competitor you are also a part of the broadcast like just how are you feeling after everything that happened this year um i'll say this so we had our first initial production talks and 
when I heard them say, yeah, and Tom and Jason will be covering the adaptive final. I was like, the final, like, that's it. Like last year, I literally did like six of the eight tests and this year it's only one. And so that was already a red flag of like, what does that mean for the rest of the week? And especially since we moved adaptive and age group early, you know, you'd think that you'd have the resources and availability to provide a broadcast. And I thought maybe like when they moved that forward, I'm like, oh, sick. Like, We'll be able to show every single age uh, mm-hmm. adaptive test this week. Like that's really cool. That's really awesome. It's definitely taken a bit back. I, it's like you said, I've I've been on both sides of it, and I've also been on both sides of the debate of all of it. Right? Like mm. why why have we done it, and why haven't we done it? Like I don't, I'm not somebody that wants to take sides on this, but I think this year was definitely eye opening. Between moving from having a semifinal for five of the E divisions last year to then reverting back to just an open this year. Though they were three great tests, four tests, I guess, right? With the AB. To have been just crowned fittest on earth through three workouts didn't feel like enough, right? There's a lot of elements right. that probably weren't tested yet and a lot of ability to adapt to a surrounding or an environment that wasn't really executed that we didn't get to see. I won't lie, like I'm envious watching Acre and all the big names out there on the field of Madison. Like, yeah, it'd be fantastic at this point in my career. Like I didn't join CrossFit for that, right? And I'll make that very clear. But like when you see it as a reality now, like it's hard to not want it, right? Yeah. So I was definitely, definitely surprised by only covering the age, the adaptive and age group final for both, both divisions, right? I mean, it's tough for all those age group athletes who are putting in the same amount of effort too, to be where they are. And you're watching from an ant farm basically as they're doing <laughs> they're doing <laughs> Helen and they're just you just see a little blip in your corner then like running away and then like that's it it's like okay so yeah it was a bummer yeah. I won't lie it's a bummer it was tough to see that our athletes that are really I, I think the intent to provide inclusion of the adaptive divisions has been there and I think it still is there it was just surprising that again I don't know why the decision was made. I don't know the pragmatics behind the call on whether it was budget, whether it was staff, whether it was workload, whether it was the ESPN broadcast that wasn't allowing any other sort of broadcast to happen effectively, right? I don't know what it was that they made a decision they did. So I can't really like complain about it too much without really having an answer. So I'd kind of like to have an answer, right? I'm not somebody that's going to get mad at you for it. It's like, I just want to know. And then I know want, want to know what to expect moving forward, right? We're in a situation right now where I think there's a bit like, and Johnny did a great job with your, your post a few days ago, right? Your little seven minute oh, clicks. And I, I appreciate listening. And I listened again this morning to make sure I was refreshed, but the best sort of education that we can provide is making it viable, right? And if we want to have more adaptive athletes involved, we need to have it shown more often and that you nailed it on the head with that. And I think by showing their hand and barely providing a broadcast, like it, it challenges how much, how committed they are to that idea. Again, I don't know the budget. I don't know the the pragmatics by even having an adaptive leaderboard in the open, right? How much more work that takes to to get that all set up. I'm not a coder. I'm not anything of the finances on that side. I don't know. But there are a lot of athletes working really hard because they have now found a new passion where they saw somebody and they said, 
holy cow, I only have one arm too. I didn't know I could do this. Or, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I'm in a wheelchair. I want to go to a CrossFit gym. I want to see if I can do what he's doing or she's doing, right? And there's been a lot of great grassroots movement. I think there's been a lot more education, at least from what I've seen too. There's been a better broad spectrum of education being put out there. Maybe not necessarily through CrossFit, but the Adaptive Training Academy. Yeah. Wheel Wad's doing a great job of just getting more people to open their doors to adaptive athletes. Um, and so we just got to find a way to highlight that better. I know that last year there was an issue with participation in the semifinal that was provided. And so I can understand from CrossFit's realm that if you're not going to do it and we're going to put all this money into offering it, we're just not going to offer it. So I yeah. get it. I understand yeah. it. And there's probably some issues this year with them having made huge HQ changes a few months before the games, right? Firing a lot of and removing basically the DEI program. A lot of the adaptive staff was let go. There's probably a lot that just says like, with that happening, it's like, let's not try and tie any pretty bows on a, a rough situation right now. Like let's reset for 2024. I could see that, right? On the promising side, with having Kevin Ogar and Chris Stoutenberg, who have had numerous, I mean, they basically have started, Chris Stoutenberg started Wheelwad, right? I mean, they've got the expertise and knowledge that I think is exciting for what's to come. I think if they can get on a really good communicative foot with CrossFit about how things should be run and how things should be handled and how the, especially the adaptive classifications should go. I know that's always mm. been a hot topic. I think then we're in a situation that we're going to see this grow in a way that makes sense for CrossFit too. I was definitely just, I went into the games thinking that the third Tuesday to Thursday vibe was like a guinea pig run to say like, hey, if this works for these three divisions, can we do it for all eight next year? Yeah. And when they didn't get much coverage, I was like, were they just trying to get them out of the way? Like, I don't know. So, yeah. or maybe it was, maybe it was a trial run and we're going to learn more. So it's a rocky situation. I get it. But I can't stress enough that the only way that we're going to help out is by continuing to participate. Yeah. I heard from too many athletes though, that like we're upset with standard movement standards in the open workouts or upset with the, you know, um, just the lack of opportunity. It's like, well, we have to keep showing up if we want to give them data to work with. We got to, we got to do the open workout that has the 70 pound dumbbell thruster that you weren't ready for. We got to do that and put in your score as it was and say, oh, hey, look at nobody in the standing upper division was able to move that dumbbell. Like we made a bad decision there. Let's revert and retry again next year. And then everyone's happy. But if we don't give them that data and the raw evidence to say that this didn't work out, how are they ever going to know? Right? So there's a lot of just like, we got to keep trudging forward. We got to keep moving forward. And maybe it's, maybe it's more, I think very much about what Brent has done, Fikowski with the athletes union that they kind of created, the athlete advisory group, right? And how they've done a lot about the whole uh, cutting the ropes at semifinals last year, that debacle and kind of making communications happen between the athletes and the higher ups. And maybe we need to do something like that for the adaptive divisions. And it's just like, can you give us an idea of what your intent is? What is your plan for 24 and moving forward? We don't know where we're going next year. Obviously, we know it's not Madison, right? Is this going to be a more accessible city for us? Who knows? Is it going to be more a, a, a lesser accessible? Like, what's going to happen for adaptive CrossFit? I, I got to come back at it, John. Like, I loved your idea, too, of maybe it's that we just take it off their hands. 
right? Why? And we, we move it to, and the first thing that comes to my mind every time, Wadapalooza. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, there is such a crowd there. It is an absolute party. Everybody stays to watch. Like, I think a few years we've had, we, like, I've competed immediately following the elite individuals. And like everyone stays, nobody leaves. They keep watching, right? And so if you want to crown your fittest on earth, maybe it's going to like a sanctional event like that in some capacity where it's it's we it's proven to have worked, right? We've seen the Wadapalooza do great stuff in, in incorporating adaptive athletes. Or maybe it's giving it full rights to Wheelwad and Wheelwad runs their yeah. Wheelwad CrossFit games instead. And, oh, yeah. and that's 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 the true fittest on earth, right? branding goes to them it's hard to say but there are definitely a lot of people out there that have the resources and have the opportunities that i think we just need to have cross it knock on their door and be like help us out yeah. help us help us know where we want to go with this and help us where we should go with this so yeah it's interesting i was coming back all around it was definitely a surprise to only see what coverage was there and for both don and and Dave to talk about it and play Blake and stuff like, yeah, we messed up here. Like we shut ourselves in the foot on this one. Like we knew we were going to get some heat from this and we knew that it wasn't going to go very well, but like we had to make the decision that we did. And so I just got to hope that there was pragmatics that if we're given the chance to hear about the rationale, like I think it would be appreciated to know rather than just like, no, we didn't want to, or no, we just didn't. Like that's not very fun for anybody it yeah. would have been nice had they taken that ownership before being called out for it for whatever right. it's worth i mean instead of being yeah. caught at the press conference i i will tell you my my opinion is shifting since the games just based off of looking at what they're sharing and and some even some of the interviews with don and i think there's a snowball chance in hell you guys are going to be at the elite games again next year i think they're moving it off site if they do it at all that's mm-hmm. just yeah. an opinion and, and it's not that they don't appreciate adaptive they're they're very clearly saying they want to grow the crossfit games yeah and with all due respect people don't watch the adaptive games at least not not at the same level that they do the crossfit games and i get that it's a financial decision so they have to decide if we're going to do this we have to go all in and put all of our resources in that and then to the earlier point they're going to have to decide where are we going to do it or at all and it wouldn't make sense to cancel it you do have Wadapalooza, you have Will Wide, yeah. you have, uh, there's the one in Europe, what's it called? Wadsalona. Wadsalona, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got like three like really good events yeah. that are skilled at doing this that they could hand it off to and mm-hmm. allow them to do it. So I I can't imagine a scenario where they say we're not going to do it at all, yeah. but they have to pick one. Right. And for the love of God, they got to get media out of it. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're never going to grow it. You're never going to get adaptive athletes into the gyms without the media. Right. Mm-hmm. I, we need people seeing you doing those 13 muscle ups so they can have the same reaction I did and go, yeah. I hate that guy. Like, I can't believe he can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, but I want them to look at it and go, maybe I can go try that. Right. Exactly. And I think it's, yeah. and I hear that. And I think even just spitfiring as you're as you're talking now it's like my brain saying like what's to say we can't have a make another like semi-final that's solely just for the adaptives to be crowned fittest on earth 100 right like let's make a semi-final that event that is run by crossfit but it's purely for the adaptive athletes to be crowned fittest on earth we get to an on-site location we're not doing everything virtual anymore and you know i'm just 
at my gym at 7.30 in the morning, taping lines down and just hoping things go well. Like, I mean, you miss that adrenaline, that, that opportunity yeah. to really shine. And I think you give it a good location, you put it in the right spot, like maybe over in Nashville or in Cookville or whatever it may be, like uh, people would come. People would come 100%. see that for sure. I agree. Well, and maybe that's what we're hoping maybe... Maybe that's what the wheel wide games become. Who knows? I would love so. to see that. Like the you wheel wide CrossFit games. I yeah, just think great. that that handing it off to an organization that already knows what they're doing would be so similar. We've been talking about it on the show for the last couple of episodes. And the more right. I think about it, the more I'm like just having its own fittest on earth adaptive games, I yeah. feel like is like Olympics does it. Olympics right. has Olympics and then Olympics has Paralympics so that people can focus all of their time, effort, energy, yeah. and resources into its own thing without trying to be too many things to too right. many people, right? That's what Jason Kalipa said last night. No, it's perfect. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's when you look at the fact that Stoutenberg and his staff have basically created 10 different adaptive divisions on both the men and women's side. So 20 total divisions of different disabilities competing. I mean, there's three seated divisions within Wheelwatt now. There's a division for those that basically got classed out of the, the CrossFit games from their multi-extremity division into their own basically division in Wheelwad. They've already made it work and we've already seen it happen through the Wheelwad Open and semifinals that we've already had this year. So um, like, it's possible. We just got to get the people that know what they're doing, the resources and say like, take the ship, let's drive it. Or, like go yeah. for it. So yeah, I think the Wheelwad games are in Raleigh, North Carolina again, last weekend of November and December, I think like the 30th and the 3rd. And then it's going to be a blast. It's going to be an awesome time. Last year, we went to a convention center for the first time, moved away from the, a gym site, and it was a really cool vibe. It was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see what big things are rolling out this year. And I think it's, again, if we can get some media out there. Get well, big wads ready to get it out there. I, was, know, I was there. I, I know. I loved it. It was awesome. For the record, I was the only one there. You were. Yeah, I was I was quite literally the only quote unquote media that actually attended this thing. And I can tell you someone who attended it was a spectacular event. It's well run as well run as as any CrossFit competition I've been to. Yeah. Uh, adaptive CrossFit is interesting to watch because it's such a different experience than watching the elite athletes, the oh, bar yeah. horvaths and whatever, because you've got like as an example, there was an event where the men that were miss they're missing a leg like mm -hmm. partial legs and they're snatching and they're all doing it different because their impairment are all in different spots some yeah. at the ankle some at the knee some above the knee and so they all have different movements and so as as a as a fan of crossfit or someone who's just done crossfit for a while like you're watching them and learning what they're doing and it's really interesting and then you have moments of just like pure inspiration Amy Bream was there and she was doing burpees and she was getting frustrated because she was too slow and she literally throws her leg off <laughs> and then goes twice as fast. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, holy crap, like this girl's crazy. And it's, you know? it's neat because there's such a chess game of knowing your body well as an adaptive yeah. athlete and how, where, where and how you can make moves. They started their, um, I believe it was test number three, right after the snatch snatch and either right after they're totally went into another workout right there on the north field and it opened with carry the jerry cans and it was interesting to watch the standing lower athletes that had a prosthetic leg get completely like devastated by that versus those that didn't yep. because like just that variable alone changed how that whole workout goes for them and then 
Well, they got their chance to redeem themselves later when Amy can take off a leg and then she's that much lighter yeah. doing pull-ups. And it's like, it all kind of comes around in this big chess game. It's like Colton Mertens, like, all right, your dude's got to throw a 200 pound sandbag over a log that's literally taller than him. And most other athletes are taller than that log, right? So like he knew where he was going to take his chops, but then he also made his move, won the freaking ski bag event. And it's like, right. everyone just has to play their game. And that's really fun because it's so much more prevalent in adaptive athletes. So like no one realizes how if, like a workout for a seated athlete will literally come down to who can get in and out of their chair the fastest sometimes. So, I mean, it's that simple. It's crazy. That's some shit you got to train, isn't it? Like yeah, in addition to know. just being really fit and doing right? pull-ups and doing handstand, like all the things, like you got to train like your personal transitions with your impairment. Yeah, exactly. Bananas. And for me, like with cerebral palsy, like I can go too hot where my CNS, my central nervous system, like overloads and then my legs uh -huh. start to shake. And then all of a sudden, if I'm trying to get in my chair and my legs don't want to bend because they're shaking, I'm wasting precious seconds. And it's like right. one of those annoying, frustrating things that it's like, I didn't play the cards right here. When it's everything is a variable when it comes to adaptive athletes. I, I remember I, there was an athlete there. Do you know, do you know Sydney Peterson? Yeah. Oh yeah. Her? Yeah. Yeah. So she has CP, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So she was running. Thank you. This, this woman would come through, they were running laps and it was concrete floors in this arena that they were in. And oh, yeah. she comes in and obviously like she's struggling with the run. And the first lap face plants right in front of me on the concrete, like, and I mean hard, yeah. like really hard. Gets up, finishes the round, goes and runs another lap, comes in second lap, face plants right Get in front of me. This happens four times, Shit. four times, right? So when she's done, she's literally all bloody. And I go over to her and, and I'm, I'm like, are you okay? And well, actually she introduced herself to me, which is why I was talking. She's like, oh my God, I, I know you. And I'm like, are you okay? She's like, she's like, yeah, why? I'm like, well, you fell. Are you okay? She's like, I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was just her total reaction. Like, just this what is my badass. life. Right. Yeah, she's like, this is my life. That's what she was like. And that's when it hit me how impactful these games are for people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are the things you learn. Like I'm sitting there feeling sorry for her. And she's like, this is the way I live. What are you feeling yeah, sorry bro. for me for? I had to complete the workout. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's such a, nails. yeah, it's just a, such a different mind shift. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to find much better grit than watching an adaptive athlete work out. For sure. Because they're, they're not there because they want people to feel sorry for them or right. they're there because they're like looking for that red, like acknowledgement that like you can do hard things. It's more of like, they're just proving to themselves that in anybody that like, doesn't matter what kind of adversities you have to face and what how your daily life has to look different than somebody else. Like you can still achieve it if you're just willing to accept that not everything's gonna go as smoothly as planned, right? And that there's gonna be certain things that you have to do differently than other people. And when you get over that, I mean, it's just a really good mantra for anybody. Like if you yeah. walk into a cross gym for your first time and you see people doing butterfly pull-ups and you're like, I can't even pull myself up, like you have to be okay with where you're at. And that's something I think you learn a lot from an adaptive athlete, which is really neat. That reminds me of, and I know we're like running up against time, but I really did want to ask you about this. You posted something on Instagram the other day, Tom, that was like, it was like a, it was a video and it was like you squatting and it was like <laughs> maybe getting frustrated with needing so much support when you squat or whatever okay. it may be. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cut to you, a picture of you as a kid. Oh yeah. Record. That was a, yeah. And I'd... you were like, you were like, wait, we can squat? 
<laughs> and it was just like it blew my mind because I was like, yeah, like I bet you get frustrated as fuck sometimes being like, it sucks that I have to do it this way or I need an extra thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. But like, like little kid you in a wheelchair, if you could look ahead however many years, 15, 20, 25 years, be like, oh, I'm the fittest fucking man seated <laughs> with hip function three times in a right? row. Like, yeah, I mean, just. What what do you think little kid you would think knowing that big guy you can do all these yeah, things? Right? Oh, that's that's cute. Yeah. I it's hard to put that in words. But because I definitely wouldn't have ever thought I'd be here, right? I think there was just a kid that wanted to be a kid, right? And I wanted to I wanted to play baseball like my brother did, and I wanted to be out on the soccer field and I wanted to watch my sisters Ross run cross country. And so I'd go and I'd cheer and have to lug myself across corn fields and dirt roads to make sure we're watching them. And, but it was just that, that drive of wanting it enough. And I think telling young self now would just be like, keep going. Like there is no reason that you can't. Right. And, um, don't get me wrong. I love that. CrossFit is doing more to try and provide adaptive CrossFit a platform, right? In general, like you look at the grand scheme of the last three, four years, right? Like there was nothing in 2020 and now here we are, right? We have something. So that's awesome. And um, it's neat to say that we're a part of that and that we're myself and all the adaptive athletes competing right now are like the founding fathers of it. And we're just working through the kinks of all of it, but it's, um, it's got to be worth it when there's got to be something that's worth it for you. So when I say the little kid back in the wheelchair with the full cast from hips to toes, like, yeah, the fact that you might have to use a safety squat bar and put something between your knees, but you can squat 300 pounds, like not a bad day. Like at the end of the day, like if I have to, I know I can squat and pick something up if I have to, like, that's what I need it for. I think it's, uh, it's cool to say that I found my calling. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of hustle while you wait and just keep moving. The right thing will come along and with patience, with persistence and perseverance, like you'll end up finding what you need in life. And I think I've really found that, which is cool. So definitely never would have thought that that kid in a wheelchair would be a Paralympian, a right. reporter on ESPN, uh -huh. fit a man on earth, like wild 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 right so. oh and now now you're working to try to get that message to even more people i'm so sorry i totally forgot no, to ask fine. about this earlier but you are like leading this charitable effort to try and get more adaptive athletes into crossfit gyms can we talk about it yes so i'm happy to so myself and jason olenicek who owns adapting conquer crossfit here in cedarburg wisconsin who's we have a nonprofit called united training foundation and so Jason was very intrigued by adaptive CrossFit from a young age, or I guess not from a young age, but from the infancy of my career. When I first did the Open in 2017, like he was there the whole time helping me hold my wheelchair, helping me kind of maneuver around it, learn more about it. And very quickly, we started going to the wheelwad games and he was kind of, had always been my anchor, my, my wheel man. And everyone, yeah. And everybody just saw the relationship that we had and how well we communicated together. And kind of started to turn to Jason a lot in those moments and be like, hey, can you help me when you're not helping Tom? And can I, 
can you be a resource? And I think he realized in that moment, like the niche that was available for him, right? And adaptive CrossFit, as we know, as we know, and adaptive fitness in general is so underutilized, right? Mm -hmm. There is so much out there that is being untapped right now. And I can remember as a young kid, like I didn't have Paralympic sports in the area. Like I didn't have a lot of opportunity for myself to be like, hey, you're a kid in a wheelchair. Like this could work for you. It was like, oh no, you're going to play soccer, but you're going to have to get out of your wheelchair and run around like everybody else. And so to say that we can now together be a nonprofit that helps adaptive athletes find a gym. We provide grants to athletes to, whether it's one-on-one coaching, to get a gym membership, to find a personal trainer that kind of just gets them onboarded into a class setting, right? Whatever it may be, we want to provide athletes with an opportunity. And I think when Jason saw that evolving through Wheelwalk for himself, like we wanted to reach out to the population that maybe doesn't see them as an athlete yet, right? And so, yeah, United Training Foundation, we're about in their second year right now. We raised over $50,000 last year and had three or four athletes already in our team that were fully sponsoring to be full members of their local community affiliate. They're fully immersed in the class settings. They're, they're with trainers that we have helped get ATA certified by providing grants for those coaches to go and take the class. Hell um, yeah. So yeah, it's been awesome and it's been really cool. We're, we're two weeks out from running a golf outing at this point. So if anybody wants to sponsor and help us out, we're looking for it. So any way to help every, every single cent of it's going to go back to our athletes and providing equipment. We're looking to potentially find a way to build more satellite locations that are fully adaptive. So we go and help a local affiliate get wide base skiers and extra length rower handles and split ropes and so uh, whatever it may be to give so that they can basically build a hub like John has. He's got two adaptive classes in his gym. Like we want to make sure that that's a thing all across the country and across the world. So yeah. We're excited to see where things go and continue to branch out. And I'll tell you, it's very, it's very rewarding and also very eye-opening to be a seated athlete and then coaching seated athletes too. As I have new members come into our gym, we actually have three individuals in the chair that are incomplete fracture, spinal fractures at all different levels. I think one's T3, one's T5, one's T6, but all like working with all of them differently, like compared to how I would move myself around in a wheelchair, it's like very eye-opening to be like, oh, I got to slow down and like learn a lot about it. But man, I'll tell you, you become such a better coach when you work with an athlete like that. I mean, you learn so much about how important it is to communicate. You learn so much more about how you have to build a relationship that lasts because that's what really keeps them coming back is knowing that there's somebody invested in them. And we really hope that UTF can be that place that helps bridge that gap for individuals. So we love it. You guys it. have a website for this charity? We do. We do. Yeah. United, United Training, excuse me, UnitedTrainingFoundation.com. United Very. Training, United Training Foundation. Foundation. Oh, okay. Got it. Got UTF. it. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. So it's been awesome. It's been really cool to be full circle in the adaptive community. It's been a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for asking about it, though. Yeah, are, are you these guys you're training in the wheelchair, Tom? Are you yelling at them? What do you mean you can't do a muscle up yet? <laughs> no, right? 13. <laughs> oh, what the? Yes. Fuck? Hey, 18. Come on. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I got to get that 20 soon. I got to get that Holy 20 soon. No, but I will tell you, I'm not at that level, but I am also not somebody that, and this was very what was given to me as a child or even growing up in the athletic world was, 
there was no handhold for me. Yeah. They're like, you want to do it? Sure. Get out there and figure it out. So with my athletes at the gym too, it's like, you can wheel over there and grab that dumbbell. Like you can right. wheel over there and then grab that wall ball. There's the first couple of days as we're getting onboarded. Yeah, of course, we're always going to help out a lot and stuff, but like we want to help foster independence. So yeah. Yeah. as much as we can put the athletes in a situation of like, oh my God, I'm alone. How would I do this? Right. We're going to. So yeah, it's amazing to see how much our adaptive athletes have grown at our gym, Adapt and Conquer, but even just as a whole, I think we're seeing more and more adaptive CrossFit blossom between CrossFit and Wheel Wad. I think our first year in the open, there was 200 total members. And I think last year there were 200 total guys in the lower extremity division alone in the open. Dang. So just seeing that kind of growth is, is exciting. I think though we didn't get the coverage we were looking for and the resources may be a little uncertain right now, I gotta believe that we're gonna be still setting like setting ourselves up for success in the future. So, hope yeah. so. it's just hard. It's three years in, right? It's, it's, it's just, there's going to be, there's going to be hurdles. Yeah. The CrossFit games themselves are still relatively new, right? There's still right. kinks and, and hurdles to get over every single day. And this is going to take a little bit of time. I do, I do love the idea of doing more good from the inside. Yeah. Continuing to sign right. up and continuing to be like, I'm here and I'm going to tell you how and why I'm doing the right. things that I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this has nothing to do with CrossFit, but you're a swimmer. Do you see that the armless swimmer that set the record last yeah. year? Yeah. Oh my dude, gosh. Dude, that right. was insane. Did you see this, Nikki? No, what is that? Oh, this dude is a, a Chinese swimmer. And mm -hmm. I looked it up. I looked it up to get the name. It was a Zhao Jingqing is his name. And so no arms. And he's like literally. But he has like no armpits either. Like he is like yeah. shaved to the bone. Yeah. Just, nice. a, just a torso, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you watch the video, he like he never comes out of the water. It's like his head. Have you ever seen those videos where it's just like a bubble of water yeah, over their head? Yeah, totally. That's like it's it's just like that the whole way. It's in, yeah. it's like a yeah. dolphin almost. It's insane how fast he is. And he yeah. set a new record. It's a new yeah. world record for his yeah Paralympic division. But like, and he when he comes in, he literally just full fledged smashes his head into the wall. There yeah, is no stopping him. He broke thirty seconds in a fifty freestyle, which. With and he all he did was kick. Like I don't think people understand. Like if you go and swim a twenty nine in a 50, 50 meter freestyle, like that's respectable. That's pretty. That's really good. The dude kicked it. It was just legs. Like that's a whole new territory of insane. Like that's like you got to be in the sports to know. But if you're like, damn, <laughs> it, it was. Damn. It's crazy to watch. You got to look yeah. up the video. It's really. It's so impressive. Yeah. And, and when he hits the wall, like Tom's not kidding, like he slams his head into the wall. Like he needs like, to be monitored yes. for concussion. Like I'm not even kidding. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's aggressive. Yeah. I was Dang. wondering if they had like a padded timer or something that allowed him to do that because he hit so hard. I, yeah, like, I felt bad for him. I, I know so. you think so, but no, those. I mean, the pads are the the Omega ones used for international competition are a little bit spongier, but still, that dude's probably done it enough that it's like, yeah. I mean, he's just adapting to it, right? He can squat with those legs. I mean, <laughs> really. Right? I don't know. That'd be, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Maybe he's our next CrossFitter. There you Maybe. go. Right? Maybe. Wouldn't can't, do mus can't do muscle ups or shit, though. Nah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd figure Lame. out with his legs somehow to make no, it. Happen, right? You got probably. Good well, let, let's be honest. Adapt products will figure out some sort of something so he can like yeah equip, equip products all they'll figure out something for sure yeah they always come up with the best stuff and like the first time I saw him make a jump rope that 
that had a handle so you could do it with one arm. I'm like, all right, these yeah, the guys model figure, right? Yeah, you can figure yeah. anything out. They're yeah, they've been they've, Equip products are fantastic. Mark and Dana Harris, they have they have been nothing but fully committed to Wheelwad and their success. And they, uh, I still have scars on the back of my hands from when they brought out the coffin last year at the games, which is like our version of a pig flip. And yep. yeah, it's, they they love to they love to spice things up. So they're they're Here, really good at what they do. I'll say that. Here's how year. committed the adaptive community is. I ran into Mark and Dana at the games, and Dana like pulls me aside. She's like, "Is there anything you need for your gym? I'll send you whatever you need." Oh, like she wasn't she wasn't like trying to sell me. She would have just packaged it and sent it. And I'm like, Dana, no, we're good. Like we have got everything we need, but we'll we'll order stuff if we need it. But yeah. that's that's so typical of this community, though. Yeah, how, give, how giving everyone is and how much they everyone wants for everyone else's success. Like I will end on this, but when I went to Willwad, one of the things that was most impressive, and it wasn't just Tom and his division, but you know, in in a lot of these divisions, you would have one athlete that was wildly better than the rest. Tom was one of those athletes, and they would finish, you know, far ahead of the others, but they would stay out there, man. Cool. And this happened every single time when, and everyone would continue to stay until the last person was done and it was it wasn't like i feel like sometimes at the games you see noah walk out there and he's a super guy so i'm not making fun of noah but he'll go out for the last guy and i feel bad for the last guy like he's getting this attention he doesn't want when he's getting his ass kicked yeah. it didn't feel it didn't feel that way it felt like we're all winning together and it absolutely was, it, it's such a like an inspiring like fun community moment that you just don't really get anywhere else so well, it's, and i can tell you that thing. probably most athletes there, right, that are competing in our in our wheel community are very much like me, who didn't have a place to be a part of adaptive athletics when they were growing up. And they didn't have those resources at an early age. So like they have it now. It's so easy to cherish. Cause I mean it's such yeah. a breath of fresh air for us that like, oh, like I don't have to worry about keeping up with able bodied people all the time. And I can just do me and I can do what makes sense for me in the moment. And everybody's out there trying their absolute yeah. best. And it's People are doing things that they didn't think they even could going into the games when they get out on the floor half the time. So it's it's awesome just to be in that moment. And just, I think everybody knows that if we need to, if we want to grow this movement, we want to grow this community, like we have to continue to show up support for everybody. And I think that's alive and true. Well, let's be honest. They're also a little worried Stouty's going to yell at them if they don't work hard enough. There's yeah. that. That dude gives no Fs. I'll tell you that much. He... I I was in the athlete briefing and they had a legless rope climbs or something. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care if you can't do it. You're going to try it. Like, yeah, right. Like, literally just shouting at everybody in the yeah. world. I'm like, bro, this is a briefing. Let's come on. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. We right. went from um, the open this year from the wheel lot open to semis was an insane jump. It was stupid. It was awesome. We went from doing like an eight minute AM wrap of like 65 pound snatches and U-turns, which is like, a very, very fast workout to our first workout on semifinals was a five, four, three, two, one bench press at two twenty five, legless rope climbs and ring muscle ups. And I was oh, like, holy oh God. yeah, like, let's <laughs> go. I was like, whoa, like, man, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think, I, right. I think last year was the heaviest we ever benched in a Metcon that wasn't for purely wow. strength numbers with the row bench semifinal that we had to do. It was like the, uh, 500 meter row, 30 bench, 1,000 yeah, 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 meter row, yeah, yeah. 20 bench. And we did it like yep. 145. So all of a sudden we're seeing 225 for 15 reps. You're like, okay. okay. <laughs> so okay. yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty fun. Oh. So yeah, they're not afraid to make us hurt. I'll tell you that much. I love it. I yeah. love that.
Well, Tom, thanks for joining, man. It's oh, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot for letting me help be the voice of Adaptive. And let's cross your fingers for great things moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's always great having you on. And just, just have a good discussion. Nikki, Gracie, you two nights in a row. I know, this was fun. I know, look at us. Busy little podcasters. All right, well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining, and we will chat with you guys soon.